Welcome to St. James Parish in Wilmington, North Carolina. You can learn more about St. James on our website at stjamesp.org. This week, if you receive communications from St. James Parish, you have likely received no fewer than seven death or funeral notifications. In the midst of clergy sickness, I've had the crud for a couple weeks now, family surgeries, newcomer orientations, welcoming Becca Stevens and a safe place. We have lost children, parents, spouses, conducted three funerals, all while continuing morning prayer in the Wednesday Eucharist. If your clergy seems a little weak-eyed or have scratchy voices, we ask for your grace this day because the saints of St. James have come together in a mightier way than normal this week. We have heard from this pulpit or platform everything from what happens when Jesus returns to what is happening right before our very eyes out on Market Street in both broad daylight and in the wee hours of the morning of the night. And it's this tension of blessedness and woes in which we live and is also in which our gospel invites us into this morning. On one end of the continuum, thankfully, our celebration of All Saints Sunday has evolved from thinking that saints to which we refer only include the radically holy people, or that the Beatitudes are simply moral commands about what saints, such saints are to be like. While there's technically a distinction between All Saints and All Souls Day, in the Episcopal Church, our celebration today commemorates all saints, known and unknown, and some known only to God. While both of these feasts relates to the Easter mystery, my friends Rob Zapula in New York reminded me of how they make us think of our emotions as two sides of the coin. All saints, where hearts rejoice at the promise and the fulfillment of something yet to come, yet not quite there. All souls, where our hearts are still in need of God's consolation and the wonderful memories we have, but that tinge of loss, it still remains. One of my favorite parts of our festival was our opening hymn for all the saints, even in all its eight verses, actually cut down from 11. It, hold, it helps us hold in tension that rejoicing in heaven with our need to continue the fight here on earth, that tension of living in the realities of what's happening on earth versus that blessedness still to come. That first verse draws our attention toward heaven as we sing and praise God for all those saints who have finished their work. Later verses remind us that our life on earth will be very much a battle in a world that's hostile to Christ and to his truth. That hymn calls us to fight a noble way, 
Much like Jesus calls us to respond in the Beatitudes, which are counterintuitive. It's the poor, the hungry, those who weep, those who are excluded, who are blessed. But to you others, watch out for the things that cause stress and trouble when we're rich and full and when everybody likes us and we're on top of the world. Coming full circle from heaven to earth and then back up to heaven again, the hymn calls us outward to see beyond ourselves as we praise Jesus as the King of glory. And we learn then it's not because of anything we have done or not done, but because of the work Jesus has done. In one of my funeral homilies this week, I noted that there was no doubt that the deceased person was virtuous, but that that was not why they had been invited to the banquet in heaven. It was the work of Jesus Christ. As theologian Stephen Wright claims, saints are primarily, primarily those who receive God's blessing. Luke's Beatitudes also help us shift our focus from our own virtuous deeds to that free, freely offered grace of God. And part of the tension that we have to deal with is how God works through human beings like our ancestors and our human beings like you and me, and that Yes, God's presence, although everywhere at all times, is often made the most real when it's communicated through ordinary people. While the Beatitudes are not moral commands, as my husband Don often says, Jesus does use the Beatitudes to tell us how to be. And the truth is, that we live on both sides of the Beatitudes. Sometimes we are the ones who are poor and hungry. We weep and it hurts when we're criticized and excluded. At other times we are filled, we laugh, people like us. In Luke's recording of the Beatitudes, Jesus is speaking to his disciples directly. Blessed are you in second person. Woe to you in second person. The blessed and the woeful are both in his presence. Samuel Wells, in his article, Dwelling in the Comma, notes how every beatitude has a comma in the middle. And that comma is a kind of valley between the horror of the cross and the wonder of the resurrection, where we find new life. He says that it's in that pause, that place where the cross and the resurrection meet. That comma is your life as a Christian, and it is your home on earth. And that comma represents both the pity and the sadness as well as the joy of the Christian life. But that comma is where we find Jesus. When we ask what it takes to be a saint, 
Jesus basically says, go look at the people who are closest to my cross. Blessed are you who are poor, hungry, excluded, hated. It's not about you changing the world, but about letting God change you, which is where, which is the hope and the good news for every single one of us. If you are bored in your faith, paralyzed by choice, non-committal, or just curious, Jesus' message is go hang out with somebody with an empty stomach whose head's hurting, whose spirit is crushed, because that's where Jesus starts. I get to witness this firsthand when I work at the hospital, and it's one reason I won't let that little job go, even the few hours a month. That You've heard me say the hospital is the gene pool of our society. Illness and addiction have no bounds about who they attack, but it's that in this poverty that I will most often see Jesus in the clearest form. In the midst of the blessings and the woes, Jesus gives us an opportunity to make better choices. He ends with the golden rule, treat others as you would be treated. Easy, right? He says to you, who are listening, again, directly. You who want the blessing, get radical. Take time to learn about Becca Stevens and Stitzel Farm and a safe place in our community. And if you miss Thursday night, we have the recording, right? It is worth your while to learn why buying Christmas gifts in our gift shop, where we sell products that take women and some men off the streets, and they give life. Come to our faith formation right after this, where we're going to hear about suicide prevention and learn how to be present in the lives of those who live with the guilt of having lost someone to suicide or having attempted suicide themselves and survived. Come here. So yes, we rejoice. Nobody likes it better than I do of coming into the all for all the saints. We rejoice with those who have finished their race, and we're going to read their names in just a moment. But we are also invited into the blessed now by reversing the order here on earth to love our enemies, give to those who don't deserve it, pray for those who have hurt us, Live in that comma, but humbly reminded that we too may be one simple moment or one simple choice away from being on either side of it. Amen.